It's the Tiltcast episode 572, Keto Power. Keto Power! And this week, guys, we talk a lot of Power World. Power. Some Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. I'm not your guy. And Enshrouded. Stay tuned. I'm not your guy, pal. Survival mechanics. Uh, yeah. That was a little poorly timed. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> no, it wasn't poorly timed on my side. It is a tilt cast. It is an M-rated show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. With the three of us, you're going to get about 30 minutes of bullshit. Bullshit. Some games, some news. It was not mm-hmm. ill-timed because there's always a delay of about half of a second, so I waited for your cans to click, then I did mine. Mm, I see. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I'd always wondered if it was just Jason being slow on the draw, and it's no, it's there's really about a half a second delay. Yeah, well, you know. Well, yeah. That doesn't surprise me, though. You know, you, you have the opportunity to actually go visit him, right? I do. I see him every two weeks. Right. Yeah. Okay. I don't I just, have that opportunity so often. You know, gas prices are still what they are where I can't always go over there to record. Okay. Yeah, he does the tabletop thing with me that about every two times or three times we actually get all four of us together to tabletop. And most of the time I'm just cooking dinner for friends. Hey. Like last week, I or this, yeah, last week actually, I ended up like having a cold, and even though I was mostly over it on Friday, I was like, I still feel bad enough. I don't want to take a chance on passing anything off. Everybody else on the sh- on the deal is uh, very infectious, so um, I don't get sick that often. Um, I was. Uh, I was talking with my girlfriend about this. I think I've I've gotten sick three times since like 20. I can't remember times I got sick before 2017, but since 2017. Yeah. That's including colds. So I've had, I had a cold in November of last year, COVID in 2022. And then I got some crazy virus that like put me under for four days that I had to have an IV for back in like 2017. Goddamn. Um, I've had migraines, but I don't consider that sick. It's just, yeah. I'm just sick of feeling that way. <laughs> I just, I'm generally fairly well. Well, uh, I, I'm happy for you. Um, and, and I understand. I don't, I don't normally get sick very much myself, but you know, COVID definitely hit me. Um, Oh, yeah, you had oh, COVID over. the other week, didn't you? Yeah, well, I had COVID at the beginning of the year, I think. I think it that was it the beginning. I don't remember. It was, it would have been I the was other down week. for a week and a half, man. It was bad. Um, And then work made but, you work from home, didn't it? Well, uh, I tried to work from home, and then I, you know, and then I told my boss, it's like, there's, there's, there's no way. Like, if you want me to clock in, I'll wake up, I'll clock in, and I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> but I'm not going to be working. <laughs> He's like, just take the time off. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I'd much rather not have to worry about, you know, the the, uh, the moral implications of clocking in and not actually doing work. <laughs> so, um, yeah. That, that was, oh, that was in December, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I remember that now. It was yeah, the beginning of December. Like that. Yeah, because I missed that week of work, and it really sucked for you know for the holiday. But whatever. Um, yeah, I'm always like surprised. Like I do, you know, plan a few things a year where like get-togethers, and inevitably, like there's three people sick. Like me and Trent tried to do a friendsgiving. Almost everybody was sick, um, except mm. for me, Trent, our friends. Uh, well, John. John's actually not sick that often, and uh, uh, our tattoo artist, which you think he gets sick a lot because he's in contact with people all day, every day. But he's generally yeah. not very sick either. I feel like it's keto power. You have less sugar in your system, so there's nothing for anything to feed off of. Keto, keto power. power. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Sure. We're going to go with that. Keto power. Um, wait, um, wow. Uh, <laughs> trying to figure out the decent lighting situation here is not great. No. My my problem is different, but that's okay. But <laughs> I mean, living with life as with a micro penis is different than a lot of people. Oh well, you know. I mean, <laughs> you have to have forceps. Just use the bathroom. Hey, 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 hey! I don't miss though. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like the end of a balloon. You let the air out; it just flaps. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what happens in like venue bathrooms. Like if you've ever been to the Canes bathroom. So the Canes is an old um, venue here in Tulsa. And uh, there are memes around with how gross it is because there's just like urine on the walls. There's like shit on the doors. Like it's yeah the most disgusting bathroom in the world. You can't, you can't poop in there. Like make sure you have evacuated your bowels before you go to a show because pooping in there would involve like, bracing your feet against the sides of the stalls and hoping you don't slip on shit on the sides of the stalls and trying to hover over the toilet and then forget like using the toilet paper because somebody's peed on the toilet paper. Like it's so gross. Like you go in there and you want to like, like throw your, throw your shoes away. Um, (laughs) it's, it's horrible. Anyways, I don't know where I'm going with all this. Fuck. I don't don't know where you're going with it either, but (laughs) Uh, we did say some, it's thirty minutes of bullshit. That's there, for damn sure, right? There is there is a reason I usually only poop at home. Well, well, it's it, like a so we have this gas station called Come and Go here, right? Which I know yes, it's a bad yes. naming convention. It's it's uh, spelled K U M. Yes, yeah, come and go. Yeah. yeah, because they couldn't make it any worse. Yeah, well, there used to be Get and Go, and then. I guess well, it doesn't matter about the history, but what the point I was getting at is like we have two major, we don't have 7-Elevens in Tulsa because reasons that just don't do well here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Quick Trip, which is the nice gas station, which has like food and like a bakery and like sandwiches that you can get hot, and little pizzas that you can order. And you have Come and Go, which has like way more subpar food, decent snack selection of like things they order. And the grossest bathrooms in the world. Like, nobody cleans the bathroom ever. So, I don't know where I'm going with all this. Gross bathrooms are a a thing. I don't know where you're going with it either. I don't even know how this line of 
Uh, it started uh, with Rusty having problems and then me saying he had a micro penis and then it just unraveled from there. <laughs> and then it just went to bathroom talk. Okay, gotcha. Um well I mean I mean yeah. Um things and stuff. Shit, what are I you don't know how to transition away from shit? Uh what has everybody yeah. been up to? What have I been up to? What well, I don't know, what have you been up to? <clears throat> Thinking about my micro penis, apparently. Um, <clears throat> uh, I saw well, that he walked away from the microphone. I, t- I took the jab. I've had. Uh, <laughs> I've. I can say I've had a exciting yet very boring week. Um, that doesn't make sense. Not, not much room for game. <laughs> exciting uh, because, boring. Uh. Uh, let's see. Where's di- di- digest version? A couple weeks ago, Crystal was working um, and stepped on a screw that went all the way through her tennis shoe. <clears throat> what? Um, and into her foot. Damn. Um, That's not like pulling she, out a nail. She like immediately like, I mean, it's a warehouse setting, right? Like she's doing stocking. So um uh she immediately you know like cleaned it up sanitized it all that good jazz that never looked infected cut to wait how did she get that out did she unscrew the screw out of her foot well it like the it didn't get deep enough that the thread that the threads went in oh i was gonna say oh my god very tip of the screw just the tip (laughs) <laughs> just the tip um so sunday she started complaining about her shin hurting oh no um wake up monday morning and there is a uh raised area about as big around as a as a grapefruit but wasn't like raised like in a in the circular, it was just like this random ass bumpy raised area um, on top of her shin on her left leg. So we go to the Indian clinic. Indian clinic's like, this could possibly be blood clot because it was right ne- near some varicose veins, whatever. So they were like, we really prefer you go to an ER. So we go to St. Francis. St. Francis is like, that ends up being an all-day trip uh-huh. to find out she's got um, a cellulitis infection. From which the screw? most likely stemmed from the screw incident. Yeah. I thought and you were going to say she had so tetanus. So it's not tetanus, but it's, you know, a, a bacterial infection that's almost as bad. So all week's basically been her do- trying to limit herself to doing as little as possible. Which means that you're doing as much the as foot possible. Up, while keeping the foot elevated as much as she can stand. And basically being on two different antibiotics. So my, my life this week has been go work, come home, figure out what dinner is, yeah, 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 etc. So... I've not had a whole lot of time for game this week, unfortunately. Well, 
I have not had to do any of that. Shit. I thought you were going to say, and my wife has narrowly escaped having her foot cut off. <laughs> right? I mean, like, in her head, she, my wife, I love her death, but she immediately goes to worst case scenarios. And that was along the lines that she was thinking on Monday. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my leg. Oh my god! I'd uh, be in the same, I'd be in the same headspace too, because I never oh. get ill. Like initially, I got COVID, and I was like, "Is this how I die?" <laughs> and then two days later, I was like, "No, I'm just having a lot of lucid dreams." Yeah, but I mean the 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 fortunate side effect is that. Um, you know, my wife still deals with the stomach issues off and on that she dealt with, um, back at the beginning of 2023, you know, that's basically going to be with her the rest of her life. So, you know, the side benefit is these antibiotics that she's on, if there could be anything diverticulitis, uh, adjacent, trying to trying to start up then these would kill it oh my god but yeah it's been it's been an adventure adventure this week um you know and of course that also meant uh you know taking the kids to all their various activities etc that sounds so exciting yeah so basically the most that i did um was, you know, those times where I could get, like, 20 or 30 minutes to myself. About all I could bring myself to do was pull out the Switch and play some good old Super Punch-Out. Wow. What? Wait, yeah. What? It's yeah. like 40 years old. Super Punch-Out's still great, though. It's like one of one of the greatest SNES games of all time. Doubt. Uh, <laughs> no. It's no. no Super Mario World. There's there's some some pretty great SNES games, and oh, Super oh, Punch Out is not one of them. Oh, Super Punch Out there for certainly SNES. Are. Super Punch Out is great because it is the epitome of so simple it's great I think you're just thriving on nostalgia there mm-hmm. it's also one of the best boxing games ever made mm-hmm. well, well simplest yeah. boxing games ever made but yeah it, uh, uh, yeah okay no but... it's actually not completely simple there's a lot of you have to learn timings it is timings. It's like two buttons and left and right, right? Mm-hmm. Or yes. and down, and it's three buttons because you also have the knockout turbo button. <laughs> the knockout turbo button. Okay. All right. Dude, so but many. That, that's where my brain was at this week, though. Like, that was as much as I started. Uh, of really playing um, Ogre Tactics the week prior. 
that was about all my brain could handle doing this week. Okay, well, I can understand that. I can understand being worked to a point where you're like, oh, I, I need something super simple just to, like, my eyes glaze over, my hands are doing something, and... I, I can understand that. And but, if I had Slay the Spire on the Switch, I probably would have done that instead. But but I, I take I take offense to saying that Super Punch Out is one of the best SNES games ever made. It's in the top thirty. I'm not saying it's very <laughs> high on the top thirty, but it's in the top thirty. Man. You know, the pinnacle of that top thirty is like you know, Chrono Trigger. A Link to the Past, uh, <laughs> um, Super Metroid, Super <laughs> Super Mario World, because that was great. Uh, Mega Man X is up there. And you and you, you know, any of the Final Fantasies that came out on it? <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Maybe. What? Maybe what? What was it released as here originally? Six it, was three released as six. Uh, no, it's the other way around. Or yeah, six was <laughs> the released the U.S. As release three. of three is yeah. is is actually Final Fantasy five or six. Wow. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, um, yeah, one of the only carts that I probably almost broke. Because, well, I didn't almost break I did break it. The battery was dead in it. So I couldn't turn the SNES off when I was playing that game. I had my uh, my console on uh, for, oh, God, it was probably a month. Um, I couldn't move the cart either. So I had my Super Nintendo put in my... Uh, um, I had to put it in my end table from you know my you know next to my bed, and I had to cover it up so that my brothers wouldn't touch it. And uh, oh, wow. I had it I had it on for an entire month to play uh, Final Fantasy three because the cart was broke, but. I've finished that game. <laughs> I've never been able to play that game again, but I finished it. And uh, yeah, it was just that's one of the things that I remember. I also remember waking up every morning before school and fighting Lavos, um, speed running the game every morning, fighting Lavos on like New Game Plus. I had probably new game plus like 40 or 50 before i stopped <laughs> wow yeah it was it, it was it was pretty insane like characters maxed out you know i had all kinds of shit um yeah, chrono trigger is one of those i wish they would add to the um to the snes library on the switch yeah it's uh, but they never have and they know why <laughs> because they can still they can still you know squeeze blood out of that turnip 
you know, even if it's, you know, more than 25 years old. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, problem is they don't ever resell it on anything. They've, they've resold it before. They've, you know, they've redone that. Shit, you can play uh, Chrono Trigger on your phone now. So, yeah, there's an app for that. Look it up. It's an Android app. I'm sure of it. But yeah, I know you. I know you can buy it on PC. I'm I'm fairly certain you can play it on uh, on on your Android. Well, Square has been been putting out their uh, uh, their early version of Final Fantasies. Um, They've released them to uh, to mobile, you know, so that you can you can play those games. Yeah, there's those are fairly easy to play on mobile too cuz those were back in the golden age of turn-based RPGs. Yeah, XCOM 2 with all the DLCs is on Android right now as well for like 15 bucks. Yeah. So they I was the only reason I know is I got an ad for something called XCOM Legends which was a free-to-play XCOM game on mobile that some kind of PvP-based thing, which I was like, fuck that. And then I started looking <laughs> to see what else XCOM was on mobile. I was like, oh, XCOM 2 or Wrath of the Chosen's on there. Mm. And it's just the game, which I'm sure it's slightly tuned down so that it's, uh, you know, it runs on Android, but like, it's kind of surprising, like, 10-year-old games now are running on your phone. Yeah. It's well, like in another five years or a couple years, like you'll see Doom 2016 show up on Android. <laughs> or you could just play it on xCloud. You you won't have to worry about. Yeah, you, you won't have to worry about uh, that here in a little bit. We won't have phones. Well, Game Pass, I think doing the xCloud thing is smart because then you can play normal games on your phone. Though without really high speed internet or Wi-Fi, they can be problematic um, because it does yeah. take a pretty strong connection to get reasonable frame rates. But yeah. anything turn based, oh. like FPS is still like I have a good connection, right? I don't have Rusty's connection, but I have 50 megabytes down, right? Not it's uh you know like 600 megabit or whatever. But um, like 50 megabytes down and it's still choppy sometimes. And I've tried things like Doom and things like that when I've been testing it for science. You know, the sad part is that I've got I've got all this connect, you know, this connection speed and I don't use it. <laughs> I don't use it to the best of my ability like I could, but I don't like it. So I, I could. But anyway. I was going to say, could move on to games, because I know that me and Rusty have been playing a couple of games, actually, simultaneously, which for once. Mm-hmm. Um, but not together, go figure. Yeah. we. Uh, I'll say one thing real quick, just to touch on it before moving on. Um, I did start playing Phantom Liberty, um, which you have to follow the... What are the... What's the main... Netrunner, the first one you run into in Cyberpunk's name again. Eva or not Eva? The girl with the purple oh. hair. Oh, the the one that sets you up with the uh with the BDs. Um, yeah. So you if you 
follow her quest line long enough, then Phantom Liberty opens up, and then you can go into Dogtown. And uh, the quality of that DLC is pretty freaking high. Um, it is very action-packed. I talked about it at length last week about the difference in cybernetic upgrades, right? Um, that's where you spend all your money. Um, they also don't let you upgrade. It's only legendary weapons that you can upgrade more than one tier. So all of your upgrade components either go to your cyberware if you want to upgrade it versus just buying it, which sometimes is cheaper, depending on if you have a lot of components or not. Um, I end up just selling most of my weapons except for the stuff I'm using. I'm just using swords, SMGs, and assault rifles. So legendary shit, for whatever reason, I throw my stash. And then all of my money just goes straight to cybernetic upgrades because that upgrades your armor. Um and upgrades a lot of your stats, too. So it's all based on your cyber stuff. Um, but the uh, it goes hard. It goes real hard. Um, it's very, very story-heavy in spots, but also very, uh, like, very well-acted, too. It, Idris Elba does a very good job in, as the new character. Um, and he's kind of one of the main people. His name's Reed in the game. And he's the kind of the main person propelling you through the story. Um, I don't know how far I'm into it. Like I've put like 20 hours into that game so far again. And it took me about 14 to get to the point where I could start doing the Phantom Liberty content. But my character's like level 30 or something like that right now. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that DLC like I said, goes super hard on the action and there's a lot of spots where it wants you to do stealth, and I didn't put any points into the stealth abilities, really, so... Or the cybernetic abilities, so, like, I'm doing the uh, reflect bullets back at you with my blade, or use my SMG and just, like, drill down enemies. There's a lot of sections where it's like, you could be stealthy, and I'm just like, fuck it, let's go full chaos. Um, and then I do. There's these little, like, mini-events where they do these, like, airdrops, and you'll see a plume of red smoke... And then if you go to that plume of red smoke, there's a whole bunch of enemies around it. You kill all the enemies, hack the thing, and then get some epic level items. Uh, which sometimes are worth it, sometimes are not. But it's a fun little side event to do. You also can steal cars in Dogtown. And that means that you get into car combat, or it wants you to drive a car that's and not break it or whatever. And then that gets you like a token for a uh, like 80% off another vehicle, basically. Or a bunch of cash to use towards another vehicle or an unlock of a vehicle. But it's, uh, like overall the DLC feels pretty meaty. And Dogtown is in Pacifica. They just expanded the area of Pacifica. It's very vertical, um, both up and down. And so a lot of these areas you explore are freaking huge um, compared to the rest of the map. So like there's a huge sense of verticality to a lot of this stuff. Um, so, which is how they expanded the area without really expanding the map that much. Um, cause you can drive all the way through all of Dogtown in like, I don't know, under five minutes, probably like in game size, it's like two square kilometers or something. It's just all up and down. So like it's, you can get to the stop off point to go into one of these buildings to go through one of these big areas. Um, but like, yeah, it's. 
it's a it's a big chunk of content. I'm I'm really impressed with what they did. But I've been a lot more uh, distracted lately with another portion of games. So the biggest game in the world right now is Pal World. Yes. Um, Rusty was playing a little bit of it while we were doing our podcast last week. I needed to see it. I needed to see what the hell the, you know, the, the hype was all about. And it's on Game Pass, and so I downloaded Just, it. Yeah. And uh, what do you think so far, Rusty? Um, oh, shit. So I think it's uh, it's good dumb fun for about 8 to 10 hours. <laughs> I think it's about um, 20 hour lifespan on it right now. Uh, I... It's about I, I what think I, put I in fell it. off somewhere in the you know in the fifteen hour range. Um, it's it is fun. Like, is it, there's, is, is there's it just like to, is it just like Pokemon? It's not just like Pokemon. I mean, you know the the whole reason why it caught anybody's eyes is because it was basically like advertised as you know Pokemon but with guns, right? It's it it's more a, like Ark mixed with Pokemon. And that's that's the thing. It, I didn't. Well, I wasn't uh, prepared for the survival elements, like the 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 base building and the uh, poker slavery and a uh, bunch of other shit that's going on with it. But um, yeah, it's it's an odd mix of different games and like different. You know, they took and uh, pick and choose different elements from a bunch of different games and said, you know what, we're going to put this in here and then we're going to just kind of like skew it just ever so slightly uh, so that <laughs> potentially they, they, they don't get like, you know, legal action taken against them. It is uh, the, this is the, uh, uh, this is the description I gave at work. Um, it's it's kind of like sitting down and watching a movie uh, that you quickly picked on you know on a streaming service and realizing that it's Transmorphers and not Transformers. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of like that <laughs> because there there's obvious pals that look like Pikachu. And there's obvious pals that like look like freaking Meowth and, you know, a bunch of stuff. But there's a little bit different. They're just a little different. There's, um, you know, and it's, and the way that the game plays is unique. Like, I don't think any other, you know, Pokemon game has done anything quite like this. Uh, where you set Pokemon to work and do uh, and doing stuff in the base. Now, the AI is kind of crazy, but uh, for the most part, they do their thing. Um, it's it's just, I mean, it's very early access too. It's like extremely early access. There's there's some stuff that it's mainly yeah. the base building stuff that they need to work on as far as you know, as far as getting things going or pathing, but. It, yeah, it's the AI and the pathing and the and the um, and the the pals do their own things, so they can kind of like pick and choose what they want to do. Well, you just pick and, them up and throw them at things, and then tell them that's what they're doing. 
yeah, that works until something uh, roams into the base and they go into attack mode and then they completely forget the fuck what they were doing. Or like Um, the world boss wanders into your base and then everything dies because it's the world boss. It's it's just a thing. Like you you shouldn't you shouldn't have been built next to the world boss, a but um whatever. Um, it's like it's weird because like when you talk about the base building mechanics, there's not a lot of base buildings. A lot of crafting benches you make. I made a big platform with beds on it, with a little bitty a little bitty one by one hut with a bed in it, so I could sleep in my bed, which to me serves no purpose other than to skip night. But night's the best time to find the leaf monks, which are the ways that you expand on your your uh pal capturing right um i got the sphere factory going sphere sphere factory the sphere mm-hmm. factory going um that's that sphere factory yeah it's the sphere factory um but like i run into i run into resource issues like metal is also a thing you got to get and I, I made a whole metal base but it <laughs> they craft so slow i end up taking out my little warthog uh, pal out and then I go dig like these mounds that are by this church that's really convenient um, and then go load up on metal and then force a bunch of pals to make a bunch of ingots for me so I can do that in 10 minutes and then have like more ore than they'll dig in like five days um, I can figure uh, I've got a, a bit of information that might help you out with that well I'm probably not going to play much of it for a while but go ahead but the the information that you you know that you need there is you need to have pals that can uh, that have mining too. Yeah, so, I don't have a lot of them. I got a lot of mining one pals. So what I figured out, so I set up my second base right up there next to that that first church. There's like six ore mounds right there. That's exactly where I have mine. It's up on a plateau. Yep. Uh, so what I did was I I dropped. Uh, Drop, just drop the uh, pal stone or whatever the fuck it is. The you know, claim the base area, right? Drop that down there, and then I just dropped all of my um my mining two uh, pals. These are the people are the pals that can do uh, mining level two. They are the ones that can uh that can automatically mine the um uh, the ore. But you need to have you need to have transporters to transport the ore that they knock off into a box. Well, I've so, got that too. And then you need to have a forge up there with you know a uh, some you know a pal that's kindling to so you know so that it can actually keep up with you know the production. I, ha- I have one of those, and he decides he'd rather headbutt trees, so he headbutts trees until all the trees are done, or I get up there and throw them at the forge. Right, you have to throw him at the forge. He he needs to stay right there at the forge. Now, I've got this all set up, and I was like, "Man, this is great." If, as long as I'm standing here, this is you know this is working perfectly, you know. And I, I also even threw like uh, one of the the deer things to chop down trees while I was up there, so that I could get some charcoal going. I'm like, okay, this is this is working. I go off and I you know I I'm I figure this is all going to work perfectly. Just leave it alone. I go off. I do in a little adventure, you know, but you know, catch a bunch of pals, go as far as I possibly can without dying. And, you know, and then I teleport back to see how much ore I got, because you figure, you know, it's going to be, you know, happening all what? No, they'll, 
they'll mine the ore, but nobody transports shit unless you're right there. Yeah, so then so, you got to go about around and pick up all the ore, get overloaded, have, and use your grappling hook like four times to get back to your yeah, box. You have to fucking go around, pick it up yourself, otherwise it just despawns. So, you know, yeah, they'll they'll break the rocks for you, but unless you're standing right there, they won't fucking actually move anything. And that goes for your main base as well. Nothing actually gets moved. So, <laughs> it's there's a- some some issues <laughs> yeah it's it's got issues and then like if you go to a dungeon right unless you mark it on your map you're never going to know it was there right mm-hmm. all the dungeons look almost exactly the same yep. Yep. um they're the same six uh six rooms just randomly aligned and it's it needs it needs some work now as far as like addiction factor right like it's pure crack cocaine once you get going and then you kind of run out of steam after you've caught a bunch of shit and you've run into all the issues with your ore, and then you end up like getting into super OCD mode where you're like, I need to get the, all this metal. Now I need to get all of this, um, whatever the blue mineral is, right? So that I can make more spheres. Mm-hmm. So that I can just go do things. And you come back and you're like, oh, fuck, nothing was done except for things are melted down to ingots, right? right. Or my food has been cooked, or the, the little freezing pal is over there freezing shit, right? Like they'll craft things sometimes. Uh, I found like my best crafter is my werewolf pal um, with his claw fingers. So I caught a few more of them and then like they make everything. All my, my werewolf pals or were cats or whatever the fuck they are. Um, like it's decent, right? I understand the crack cocaine of it all, um, but it just, the objectives need to be better. And it's clearly set up for like multiplayer stuff. And I like the fact that I can play it single player. Like I've gotten to a point where I'm, you know, anything that's within my level is pretty reasonable to take down once I re- realize that you just need to flip out of the way every time something shoots something at you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I also, you know, realize that your true power for your attack is really in your pals and not in your weapons. So, like, saw a reviewer was like, I could never get my gun strong enough. And I was like, what a, what a fucking idiot. Um, it's all about just countering whatever element you see, right? It's an icy pal, so I need to get something that's anti-ice. He's a you know fire pal. I need a water pal. You know, like whatever it is, bring your strongest version of that. Make sure you try to capture the boss monsters the best way that you can. And now you got some really powerful dudes to do your bidding. Um, Welcome but, to Pokemon, right? But you do, it does run out of steam, right? Because the the dungeons are just not that interesting. Um, and the my base layout is like chaotic as all fuck. And I just don't want to spend an hour like rearranging everything at this point. Um, I kind of wish there was a, a tool to smooth out terrain better. Right. Um, so that I could have a flat base, mm-hmm. um, with good walls and everything. And then occasionally I get rated by like level 45 bullshit that just like flattens my base. And I got to throw all of my pals into pal ER swap them out for other lower level ones to do the same thing like they do an all right job with like the farming i know the farming does fine um like i don't see a good way to automate the process to give them good food so they just eat berries all day right and then it depresses the fuck out of some of them so i just got more than one version of certain ones that get depressed with berries they go into you know you know, pal ER for a little while till they recover. And I swap them out for another guy until he gets too depressed. And then swap them out for another guy. (laughs) And so, you know, there's the pal management of doing that, but like, 
some of them, they're just different sizes and the pathing's not good and they get hung up on stuff sometimes, right? Or like your trees go grow back in the area and so now you got pals that are getting like hung up on trees or like for some reason I got this brontosaurus dude like sitting in the top of a tree and so I got to go into the pal menu, like unequip him, reequip him, right? And it'll pull him out of the tree and put him back in so he doesn't starve and die. Right. Um, I do like the fact they don't truly die. I do like the fact that there's Zelda climbing in this, right? Like that part's nice. Right. Um, I like the little wingsuit like glider thing. Like that's nice. Um, I like the flying pals. I like the fact the map renders pretty crazy distances so that you can see all the leaf months. And if you did know that, like just fly up high at night and those like glowing little things to help you expand your capture ability are visible for five minutes of travel time. So you can see them like if you go high enough, you can see them all across the map. Um, but yeah, just like you, I ran out of steam at it about 20 hours. I was like, okay, well I can understand why this is crack cocaine. Um, it is pretty fun, but I need a little bit more direction. And so I was looking and then what yesterday, um, I threw on our little group chat. I was like, uh, Rusty, you really should check out Enshrouded. Like Enshrouded's pretty good. You're like, all right. I was like, no, it's really good. You're like, all right. So that's what we've been playing. <laughs> yep. Um, yes. About all right. Cool. Ten hours in since last night. Yeah, it's it. Well, I've been kind of no life in it myself um, since I got off of work. Basically, um, what is that game? Because you're better game, at explaining it than I am. That game is. Uh, it's imagine a prettier Valheim. Uh, with a hand-built world uh, and some, you know, some more interesting movement mechanics. Like, it's it's pretty much that. Like, you, you know, you're dropped into, uh, into a world, you're a flame-born, uh, and the, um, the world has basically ended. Um, some, uh, you know, something to do with a elixir and then you know because of how you know corrupting that as this elixir was it started getting like it started getting a bunch of uh uh people fighting other people because of you know over this you know over this thing and the you know the way that they got this elixir was through these wells and out from the wells came this thing they called the shroud. It's basically a deadly fog and it corrupts anything that it touches. Uh, and eventually humanity as a whole just kind of disappears. Right. They and they all die off. And the way the map's done is all the lower lying areas are covered in this fog right. and mushrooms. And, and yeah, the, the fog is basically like decay. Um, but somehow you're, you as a, uh, flame born get, uh, you know, you were sealed away in this like cauldron type thing. Uh, and because you were instilled with like the heart of flame, you, uh, you are resistant to the shroud, but not immune to it. So you can go into the shroud for, uh, for a certain period of time. But if you uh, if you spend too much time in there, you will die. And it's initially a pretty short timer. Like I think it starts off at like four minutes. 
four minutes. Yeah, it's it's not it's not very long at all. Just enough to it, you know kind of like dip your toes in it and see that it's kind of you know bad times and then get the hell out. It's it's a cool mechanic because like it locks off different areas of the map, mm-hmm. and you have to There's- go into the shroud to defeat the boss at the well and then kill the heart of the shroud. Um which will provide a little bit of respite in that area. But throughout that area, there'll be like, there'll be a save beacon thing that if you go near it, like sometimes will like re up your timer. And then if you right. defeat the heart of the shroud, there's a big area around that well that is now not enshrouded and uh, basically re ups your area. You can think about it like going underwater or something, right? And pretty much when you're in there, like it does such a good job of like obscuring your vision in a good way where like, it's dark. You can't really see up through it real well, so it's hard to see landmarks. It's disorienting. Um, you kind of like lose bearing of where you're at, which is also what makes it dangerous because you could run out of your timer because you don't know the path out because you can't see it. Because you can only right. see a little ways in front of you and a little ways above. And sometimes you can see landmarks and, you know, you just don't have enough time to like look at your map and then look at where you're at. And, uh, it forces you to like really hoof it in these areas. Um, and they do these other things. Like there'll be a container, basically like an think of it like an air tank, right? That you walk up to and then it reups your timer. Or mm-hmm. I've got an ability uh, on a weapon right now. As I kill things, um, I get five seconds of my timer back. Um, you, um, and then there'll be things like I found in a couple of areas. There's like a tower that you can climb up. That'll put you up above it, which will of course, once you're above the shroud, then you get your air back. Um, and all of that's really neat. Like there's all sorts of things in that danger zone for you to explore and get. There's a lot of materials you need in there to get yourself in a place where you can um, get your, um, your you have, a, what is it called? Like your eternal flame or something like that. You've got a, at your base, you got this like brazier. Right. It's a, it requires yeah. components from in there to expand it, which also expands your timer. So my timer right now without buffs is at like seven minutes now, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot compared to four minutes, especially when going through one of these areas, like just running down the road takes you two or three minutes. Um, the map is very large and I feel like I've just scratched the surface of it. Um, I've gotten through probably, I want to say I've seen about half of it. I think it's a lot like Elden Ring's map. I literally just unlocked like my th- second tower for fast travel. Okay. See, it just kind of expands and just yeah. goes bigger and bigger. Yeah. It's like Elden yeah. Ring's map where as you get to a point, at least I think this, I could be proven wrong. I, I feel like I'll get to a point where I'll know this for sure by next week um, where you can continue to expand that map, right? Um, cause it seems like you're like seeing most of the map when you start, but then it shrinks, right. As you explore more of the map and the map's really big, it measures everything in meters. And like each of my objectives is like right now for my main base, like 2000 meters. Right. Um, which is, I guess it's not big considered like it, it's several minute run between points right now. And it's all filled with obstacles and enemies and shroud and all sorts of stuff it's a very to me it's a fairly dense map it's it's got it's got some uh 
it's the the uh thing that i've found is it's like ooh, there's a little house there well, i wonder what's in the inside the house and there's these little secrets that you can find like secret walls like false walls and stuff like that um that sometimes you you kind of get these little hints for because throughout the world there's peppered like these little notes and if you read the notes some things are in italics and some things are bolded and if you kind of like take you know if you take the time to read those it'd be like hey there's a cave that i you know i stashed all of you know all of my earthly belongings in this cave um you know in case something bad happens with the shroud and of course something did happen with the shroud but you know like you read that and then you look up and you look around and you're like oh there's a cave over there i wonder if that's the same cave that they were talking about in the note sure enough that is the same cave it's got some fucking wolves in it or so you know or or something and you go in there and there's a chest and it's got like and you know a, a weapon inside there like oh fuck that's pretty cool you know yeah the, those little bits of you know story but also kind of you know if you're observant you can kind of you know use those as pointers towards extra stuff that they've got hidden in the game yeah they're using a custom voxel based engine in there um that looks pretty good the it's helped by the lighting effects and things like that. So like, again, if you understand like voxels are just destroyable shapes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, these, are, these are very well rendered voxels. Um, mm-hmm. Especially we've played a lot of voxel games, right? Belheim and uh, seven days to die. Um, this is better looking than both of those by a long shot. Yeah. Um, but like you literally, so the weird thing is, is in the, world outside of your perimeter your base if you dig well when you go to sleep and come back all of that dig stuff will be back it won't be destroyed but your base can get pretty big so like i'm at a level three base now and uh it's so you know you start by that town rusty um Mm -hmm. i'm i'm overlapping the outer fences of that town right now with my base so i can just go and dismantle that which is what i was doing right before we started um I feel like I need more space. Like it does some other things that are really unique. Like in Valheim, the only, like you get a comfort level based on the things that you put in your base. Right. Um, this does kind of the same thing, but you kind of unlock it naturally as you find different people that give you the recipes to do the things. And then each of those people give you additional quests as you go. So like right now I'm trying to get, um, a smelter for my blacksmith. Which I think will unlock the mineable metal because there was I was looking at something and there was a recipe that called for copper ore. So I think that the metal that you get initially is just the starter metal that you get because I definitely need better gear at like level. I'm like a level ten character now. Um, I'm not doing so hot on some of the higher level enemies right now that I'm going up against in the shroud. Um, there was a boss that I was doing right before we started that was wrecking my shit like i'm uh i was glad and you're like oh give me a minute i was like thank god i can go back and get my stuff because i had like three different death spots in that area that i had to go collect all my shit from um because he's just right. hitting me like a truck but uh it's got magic it's got like several different paths for your skill tree um it is very combat focused it's kind of like you don't have complete iframes but the dodge works out pretty well the parry works out pretty well um if you played a dark souls game it's gonna it's gonna seem easy enough because yeah the uh the the timings are uh 
forgiving. <laughs> they are. And playing mouse and keyboard versus a controller with that kind of combat, um, I was able to manage. So I'd rather right. play the combat with a controller, but the building and my inventory management, I don't want to do the controller. It's, no. it's It's got its issues, right? Like, I really feel like it should just pull from your box inventory in your base, no matter where you're at when you build shit. That was also a problem with Ark. Like, you had to add mods that would allow you to do that. No, it's they do it in Power World. Yeah, no, Power World does it right. Uh, so you just forget where you know, you're putting shit. You just load boxes up. Yeah, you just throw boxes down, and the pals will just throw it into whatever thing. Like, it sucks when you need to go find a specific item. Um, but, um. Yeah, if I wanted to, uh, uh, if I wanted to just have my pals drop, or it would go to the the nearest box, so I just drop a box right next to where the war is happening. You right, know, it's that kind of thing, and I, that's something that it could improve on. But like overall, the building mechanics after like they're a little bit finicky in this, but not as fin- like Valheim's building mechanics are finicky as shit. Um, still, um. It is really hard to get a good looking base in Valheim. This does a little bit better job of that. Um, like you've got uh, what uh, scaffolds that you can build next to your house so that you can, and then you get a hundred percent refund every time you dismantle something. So you literally can build scaffolds up the side of your house and then build it up high so you can have all the things. I think it's good to have all of the people you've liberated on the first floor. Um, I haven't started building a second floor yet because I haven't seen a need to, but I've got a very high ceiling in my place. Um, I don't know. Just the, the exploration is really good. I like all of the quests. I like all of the written flavor text that's everywhere. I like the, uh, like, you'll run into these mini dungeons where there's, like, a chest at the bottom, and then once you activate or open the chest, it activates all these enemies. So, very specifically, there's a church kind of by the starting area where you go down in the church, and then, you, you know, some flavor text kind of tells you you need to go down further, and there's shroud at the bottom of the church in the basement. You see all these skelet- these uh, shroud monsters, whatever they are. Yeah. Like, this locked the behind... Undead, the green undead, right? Yeah. And they're all locked behind these, like, bars, right? Well, you go open the chest, all the bars open. Now all those guys are free to attack you, and it's very kind of Indiana Jones. And then you got these towers, which are a series of puzzles to get all the way up to the top. Um, which unlocks a fast travel point for you, which is on a tower, so you can glide down with your scroll suit, whatever you call yes, that. Yes, the scroll suit. We haven't really touched on the scroll suit. That thing, the one of the things that you know that differentiates this from, say, like a Valheim is uh, is the traversal is, uh, you know, it's it's quite different. Like you can, you know, there are grapple points, and I know that this being early access, grapple points are just kind of like placed in places uh, to um, you know to help you progress. Like it's in a progression area, but I'm sure that later on, as this game kind of evolves, the grappling system will become a little bit more usable uh, in different places. I can already um, think of one place where I kept thinking, "Well, that grapple point's like way out of touch." Well, I just got grapple level two. So now mm. I'm going to go back to that area and see if I can swing up to get whatever that chest had. Right. There's there's a couple of them that are uh, that are like that. But the squirrel suit being, you know, what it is, it just allows you to, you know, jump off of a cliff and glide uh, in a direction. Um, and 
yeah, we kind of take that for granted in, in a post uh, uh, post Breath of the Wild world, right? But you know, when you're trying, when you're playing games that don't have that kind of traversal, you kind of miss it. You, you know, um, it's it's a nice like you basically got like a 500 meter area around any of those towers because they're so high, right? That you can glide to from that tower. And that means like gliding over big chunks of the shroud. So you don't have to travel through it or getting up to another high point from that high point or all like chain jumps together to get really far away. So usually I can make about a thousand meters worth of travel inside of a few seconds versus several minutes of on foot hoofing it. It's it's so much nicer just to be able to have you know that option is a lot of these a lot of these games is you know is a lot of back and forth especially if you're resource gathering you're going out gathering resources and you're coming back I like you can fast travel as long as you're not in the shroud which makes things a whole lot easier but you still have to go out from your base you know or out from the fast travel point so having these really tall fast travel points that you can you know scroll suit out of um you know speeds things up especially if you're going after a specific resource yeah i uh so far like i've just been very impressed with it it's, it's uh it also there's no weight limit on your character which is nice you just have however many squares in your inventory that you can fill um like that's nice too um no encumbrance is nice yeah and yeah. being able to just like mine your way through a hill to get out of a hole is also nice. Yeah. Um, having the vo- having the voxel engine is actually makes things uh, quite interesting too. With your building, um, you can you can get pretty granular as far as how you build the buildings. You're not stuck with the you know the same like you know, four by four square, you can go right down to one by one squares. Uh, and if you wanted to, you could actually take your, uh, your pickaxe and, uh, break off bits of a four by four square so that you can shape it the way that you want to. Um, I did, I watched a couple of build videos while I was playing last night before you jumped on. Yeah. And, uh, there's some pretty interesting things with people just like, Remembering stuff like voxel by voxel. Right. Um, making some really interesting builds or layering things together to make some really cool looking stuff. Like I did a footer on mine to just make it look a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. So I took a stone base with a stone footer and then wrapped stone around like some of my windows and wrapped some stone around the uh, entryway to like trim it out in stone. And it, it did add a lot of depth to the, the build. Right. Um, it's like it's got a lot of yeah, it's got a lot of potential in the building system. Though I, I, I kind of stretched Valheim's building system. I mean, you remember my little village? Yeah, my uh, friend TJ did that too. We uh, we had a whole build um, for the uh, for our village, and then we had several people playing at the same time, where there was like six or seven different buildings that we'd built inside of a walled village. But yeah, and shrouded is really well. Like it does not feel very early access. It feels pretty feature complete. Um, it looks good, and I think that's. I think that might be. I mean, looking at 
this this game and using seeing how the you know the lighting system works and how the you know how everything looks it doesn't look early access but i think that's you know that's got a lot to do with the tools that they're using right you know so you know game tools especially like you know unreal engine and stuff you can get some really good looking games out of it you know and it still plays quite well even in early access sure there's going to be some jankiness there's going to be some balance issues there's you know there's probably going to be places that are walled off so that you know because it's not done but i mean if if you're jumping into something this early um you know like the day of or the day after or even the week or month after a, a game comes into early access you have to understand what you're doing right now is probably going to get wiped um you know things are going to change <laughs> so you and you know what you're playing is basically a paid beta um but you don't you don't feel like you're playing a beta like you're not under any obligation in this you know on on this how world feels less polished than enshrouded does but both of them have so much to grow from you know from this if there, if there was one that uh if there was one game that i wish would actually you know have pal world's numbers or at least half of it i think enshrouded would have actually been a better game i think it's a better game right now honestly yeah and and i i would want to see more of you know more evolution on that you know that game than say pal world but they uh i mean both games are actually you know fairly good they just need they need to you know they need to cook i'm enjoying the shit out of enshrouded but then again i i i have i have a thing for survival games right you didn't used to but you do now i'm all right yeah i i like the crafting element i've kind of put the crafting element on the side as in favor of upgrades um and i'm just trying to upgrade the area i have to give myself a like that's the thing right like you, you get a greater level of comfort in your base it extends the timer that you get well rested which increases your stamina and your health um so like right now I've got like three health bars and a 22 minute timer on that. So, which is nice, right? Like three health bars plus that, plus you got all the different food buffs and everything else that are on long timers and not short timers. Um, and there's incentive to like make your base cool looking inside. So right now it looks like a, well, know that it looks cool looking. Like there's a whole bunch of plates and cups and books and shit like that all over my chest. Um, to get that decoration bonus, because I didn't know what to put them on. Well, you should probably clean up your dorm room there, guy. But uh, so far, I think that it has a lot more meat on the bones than, say, Power World does at the moment. So I'm kind of letting Power World s simmer um, and putting all of my time into being shrouded in Cyberpunk. But uh, I think we said enough about that. I think uh, yeah. more people should check out Entrouded. It's it's catching it's catching some. Um, attention on steam because it's already got like five or six thousand reviews so it's not doing bad so it's not doing power world numbers um no, which power world, world is, numbers yet power world is like the second most played game on steam ever at this point so and it's on game pass like it's there are millions of people playing it but anyway why don't we take a break and then we'll be back all right sounds good all right
we're back. Whoa. With, with about as, a, as much excitement as a wet fart. Well, just Very looking much. looking through news. Um, a lot of Power World stuff out there right now, and there's a lot of uh, Switch stuff out there right now. Eight million. Eight million is the number for Power World, from what I understand. Eight million copies. What the shot. But got many can games that's cool. can any, that far. Can anybody pull up Steam stats? Whoa, because I just got it on my phone. Yeah, um, hang on. For 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 Power World. Yeah, for concurrent players. Just oh, curious. oh yeah. That's the easiest way to see it. Just curious because you know it's like I said, it's basically crack cocaine right now. And. Oh. Top selling right now, Power World. I mean, that doesn't surprise Um, me. Like, it surpassed Fortnite in popularity for daily users on Xbox. Most most played game over a million people in game, you know, as of right now. It was Um, at 2 million yesterday. Is it over 2 million now? It's it's up there. 2.1 million? I can barely see it from here. Yeah. Yeah, 2.1 million people playing it yeah. right now as we're recording on Saturday. No, um, current oh. as we are recording is one mil- just over 1 million. But it peaked mm-hmm. at 2.1. Um, it peaked at 2.1 in the last 24 hours. It's yeah, funny. And it, and it sold 7 million copies in five days. And this was as of yeah. three days ago. Right. Yeah, it's basically... Uh, Consistently nearly doubling Counter-Strike 2 um, and uh, Dota 2, respectively, which are pretty much always Steam's top two. Yeah, there's a a lot of talk about... I don't know why they're... So to me, like, as me and Rusty said, like, the game's good. It's just you kind of run out of things to do because it is so early access. Um, There's a lot of – anytime there's something popular, right, like, you've got the people that just like to shit on everything, which is the internet, right? And because they are kind of like Pokemon, right, like, there are talks about – was it Pokepal? Is that the name of the company that does Pokemon? Yeah. Um, There's talk about them. Um, trying to do copyright infringement. But if you look at like, okay, there are some of them that look very similar to Pokemon and there are some of them that look very different. But if you look at Digimon um, or yeah. uh, what, Dragon Quest, like both of those also have very similar characters and they were not DC- DMCA'd, right? I the think thing is- it borrows a lot of cute Japanese creature design. But I don't think it's one for one. There's a couple of models that are pretty close that I've seen, but for the most they're, part, like it's more of really like a close. there's it's like a parody of Pokemon versus actually being Pokemon. So th- this is the reality here. The you know I, I give it a lot of shit because it's basically just Pokemon with guns, right? But that's what everybody has been saying, right? The uh, and that's what the an initial thought process was when it was first like even teased i remember seeing 
you know, a video of it, and I'm like, oh, God, it's just Pokemon with guns. This is stupid. Like, is this actually real? Are they going to make this? Yes, this is an actual real game. Oh, my God. Um, the reality here is, is that this game's been in development for three years. And yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you right now. Um, <laughs> Nintendo's not dumb. <laughs> uh, Nintendo. They probably didn't give it a lot of thought. News, like they didn't probably didn't give it a lot of thought because nobody expected it to explode. No, and I don't, I don't really understand what the incentive is behind for them to shut it down. It's not that. I mean, if you look at the, you know, just the news over the last, say, five years or so of uh, of Nintendo going after people on on YouTube and the YouTubers that are, you know, that got their shit pulled off uh, were relatively small in comparison, like small fry. But. You know, they went and, you know, they sick their, you know, sick their lawyers after, you know, a- after individual YouTubers for, you know, for, sh- you know, showing Nintendo shit, right? Pretty or much. even, you know, something that's even close to it. So when you look at Pal World from, uh, from that perspective, it's been, you know, it's been in development for three years. They haven't really shied away from the fact that it's, you know, uh, uh, of their design element, right? If Nintendo was going to, you know, attack them, they would attack, would have done it when they were much easier target, you know, a smaller, you know, a smaller studio that probably, you know, ha- doesn't have the, uh, the greatest reputation. Like they've, you know, they've had reputations for kind of like creating a game and just letting it go. You know? Yeah, they've had a game called Craftopia that's yeah. been in early access for four years. And, and I think that's yeah, like the most popular game they had, which was like not even as popular as most things I've played. Right. You know, and they have this, uh, they have a, uh, a reputation for just kind of like creating these, you know, these games in early access and just kind of letting them slide. Um, if Nintendo was going to go after them, they would have gone after him before they actually sold a copy. Um, now that Nintendo, now that they've you know sold fucking eight million copies of this thing, you know Nintendo is going to protect their IP, sure. And if uh, you know if these guys actually go and do anything close to a uh, you know. You know anything more than they've already done as far as like uh you know like Pokemon style shit you know I'm pretty sure they're they're being watched right now like hawk right. and if they if they overstep just once, Nintendo's gonna take them down now what does that mean like what what would that what could that be like Nintendo has two options, you know, or, or they've got more more options, but the the two most you know uh, most likely options would be they shut them down, which I mean that's gonna suck because there's eight million copies already floating out, around out there. That's going to be bad for PR, right? Obviously, Nintendo being yeah. the bad guy. Um, the other option would be. 
Nintendo appropriates. Yeah, well, I don't want to see them goes and buys them. I don't want Nintendo to kidify it because, like, it's already cutesy, but I don't need everything to be sanitized the way that Nintendo does their stuff, right? But does it really require guns? Like, yes. I'm not not saying that it shouldn't. I'm just saying that of all of the elements in that game, the, the, the guns are the ones that stick out like a sore thumb. It's part of the tech crafting tree for your character too, though. Yes, but so do I need like a wand instead of having a gun, I guess? Huh? Do we need a wand with different elements instead of a gun? Is that the deal? No, I'm not. I'm not saying one way or the other. In fact, I fucking give him a fifty cal. I don't care, honestly. You know, I just it, don't want to. Does s- not bother me one bit. I don't want to see the characters get any cuter. I'm I'm glad with it being a light homage to Pokemon, but still having some goofy, crass, juvenile humor in it, like it does so far. Um. And I want it that way. I don't want it to be uh, Nintendo sanitized. I need it. I need oh. it to be a little bit grittier. Like honestly, I would even be okay if like it went off the rails and like there was like full gore and dismemberment at this point. Just say fuck you, Nintendo. We're making this crazy. You can't. I mean, you can't even kill the pals. Like, I know they go. They get okay, knocked you out. Can okay. You can. You can. Quote unquote butcher the pal. The the. Where, the outcry on this game is ridiculous. I, like, the people are like, oh, there's slavery. Like, have you played RimWorld? Like, RimWorld is way more grim. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so has sold, a, so like, 20 million copies, right? It, like, it's it, a way more grim game. And it just, you literally have, like, it just says the character, build slave quarters. Right? Like, it's not, it's not... You got to understand there's a difference between playing a game and reality, right? Um, murder is also bad, too. Like, we do it in video games all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. The the game system, you have slaves in ARC, too, right? All the animals are your slaves. Um, in ARC? In ARC, you can, you can enslave actual players. Correct. In ARC. Because ARC PvP, if you find somebody sleeping and you put a pair of handcuffs on them, they literally cannot do anything with their character other than eat shit and die. Like, the actual, literal, eat shit and die. Yeah. Um, so, well, and the thing like, with, uh, like, games like Ark is, like, it's not tuned for a single-player experience, right? Ark is incredibly grindy if you play it by yourself without, like, redoing the system settings, right? To, you gotta, like, go find a guide for, like, how to make it playable by yourself. Um, and it's never been tuned for that. And I think that Power World does a much better job of tuning those systems for a single player experience. Like the, the longest egg you have kicks like an hour and it's not taming. You throw it in an incubator and then you walk away and do things, right? You don't have to right. sit there and babysit the egg. So like all those like unfun things that Arc does, like it does better. It just, it just literally needs more objectives and more directions pointing. It needs to be like entrouded in that it has a way more fleshed out, like do this thing next system um well, it did right up to the point where you uh finish your tower uh, quest the first tower yeah it, it, it did actually point you in the right direction right up to the time that you finished the first tower and then and, it's like all right now the game's done basically <laughs> well i think that's just 
another symptom of how early access it is. It came out. It's like alpha like access. Fairly er, it, well, uh, I mean, alpha, you would expect it to crash more. And there was some, there was some jankiness the very first day. I mean, um, we didn't even have an exit game button for a while, yes, like there now was, there is. There was not an even quit, uh, quit game button. You had to alt F4 out of it on the very first day on uh, on Xbox Game Pass. Um, yeah, I mean, they patched that almost immediately because they're like, oh, God, that was, you know, that was our internal build, you know? Here, yeah. here here's some, uh, here's an exit game button. <laughs> um, but yeah. The, this is just a, an, I think that there's a, a lot of it that is, you know, just early access jank. And, you know, a game like this is going to make, you know, it's, it's making a bunch of money right now. There's, there's a definite reason why they decided to, you know, to put this out there is because most, most early access games go out for sale at a lower price to generate funds for additional development. And what they did is they had a, they had a moment where they you know, put this out there and they were probably targeting at about 100 to 500K sales. Probably in their mind, they would be like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. Uh, we'll get some, you know, we'll get some money. Uh, we'll be able to put some more development time into it. Kind of like, you know, uh, what is it? Craftopia was, right? Right. And then this this game, because of how different it you know it was and i guess it struck a chord the internet grabbed a hold of it and it went viral there's no yeah. reason no no rhyme or reason for it it just went viral like this that shit happens on the internet well everybody needed to give this a try though you know eat to the tune of eight million copies now um well they have the cash to hopefully complete right. the game right so now they're kind of stuck. They're, you know, if there were a development team that weren't, you know, necessarily 100% behind this game, they're kind of stuck in, you know, in the, you know, in this, you know, we have to deliver stage. So I, if, if I was to see, if I was to, you know, kind of role play how this was going to turn out in my mind, and I was looking at saying, you know, 500K copies would be, you know, our, you know, our, our wish number, you know, this is, this is what we wish we could get so that we can continue to develop for the next year or two. Or they're probably um, hoping for like 50,000 copies being, being realistic. I mean, yeah. Probably. I mean, this, that as soon as it turned over to a million copies, I'm pretty sure they were shitting, uh, shitting bricks. Two million, then there was, they have this, uh, this can't be happening moment where they're, elated but also frightened you know if well, if it's as small of a development company as a company as i thought it was uh oh they are from what i saw it was four people well yeah they're at a point right now where they're at like the 200 million dollar range of profit or of total gross capital off this game yeah so they're hiring people right now they're putting you know they're hiring people for the team right now to ramp up development on this game so that they can deliver, you know, yep. if if they could hire a whole town at this it. point, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was that uh, there was a uh, a night out on the town to celebrate, and then they get back to work and they get going, 
That's what I hope is happening, right? <laughs> well, and their their peak times for concurrent players um, puts a lot of their sales in like China, Japan, Australia. Well, it makes sense. In the Middle East. It makes um, sense. Look at the game. You know, the art, art style of the game is basically anime. Um, yeah. Right. I, that's a really interesting take, Jason, looking at the times that people are playing it to figure out how far across the world you'd have to be for that to be a normal time to play a game. Yeah. It's, I mean, luckily I have most of the UTC like time differences memorized. But, right. The You know, the peak uh, times are definitely... The the peak times kind of put it in that region, which makes sense for the type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where it would be. Uh, obviously, it's sold quite a bit in America because it's still nearly a a million players concurrent. Um, is it all like in the middle gaming times in America? But is it all in the middle of the night for us? As far as the peaks? Yeah. The peak would be... Well, no. The peaks are um, uh, late morning for us. So it's it's when the two collide. So the peak time would be late evening to uh, for, say, like uh, Um, Japan and Australia and stuff like that. Yep. To early morning, so nine a.m. Eastern time for uh, for us. Gotcha. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that is what? definitely more popular elsewhere than it is here. But it's popular yeah. enough that, like, I've got some you know social media friends that are quite a bit younger than me that I've made friends with that do a lot of band pictures, right? And they're all posting about it too. Like these are guys that post a little bit about video games, but they're all posting Pal World memes, right? And uh like it's definitely a viral phenomenon uh, amongst gamers right now. Like the generation right before us, and even our generation too. Which some of us, the younger millennials, grew up with Pokemon. I have no interest in Pokemon. I just had an interest in what the hell this was, mm-hmm. um, especially at the enterprise of Game Pass, which I already pay for. Um. So, but I mean, it released on the nineteenth, and it was pretty much a. A hit right out the gate. I mean, on the twenty first, they had there were some big uh, streamers. Two million concurrent players during peak. There were some. You, there were some Twitch streamers that were streaming this a week before it came out, and they were getting really big hits on their streams from this game. Um, and then some stories came out about the weirdness of this game, right? Like almost artificial, right? Like you know, you can sell people. Um, I remember yeah, that being a big that, story, and I was like, "What?" That was a good majority of like the three hundred and seventy thousand playing when it released. Yeah, like there was a. They probably played a good move of giving this to a few streamers that were pretty big, right? To generate that hype, because there was no like, you know, actual marketing for this other than streamers. And I, I guess I remember watching the trailer for it once. Yeah, once. Like, like, there wasn't, like, a social media campaign or anything like that. Like, there was no hype train. You're not getting commercials on TV. Yeah. I was just aware that the game existed, you know, and was going to come out. I didn't expect it to come out this early in the year. Um, But, I mean, that that doesn't 
necessarily mean anything. They were just ready to put out, you know, a working copy. That's that's fine, you know, and it doesn't crash. Like there's this is it's been fairly. I want to say it's bug free. It's not bug free, but not game breaking. There hasn't been any game breaking bugs. Yeah, it's been pretty. Um, it's been pretty pretty decent. I mean, I, I haven't had anything go, you know, crash desktop. It has, you know, decent frame rates. It's, you know, it, it's got some some tweaking issues that it needs to do. And I know they're, you know, and that that's something that they would work on in early access. So, uh, you know, for, you know, for how small the development team is on this and how well they're doing, I legitimately, you know, wish them the best of luck. I wish I could get something to go off viral like that and, you know, be able to make a fuckload of money real quick. Um, but it's this kind of thing that makes or breaks a, uh, a development studio. And this is, uh, there's a lot of money behind this. So, you know, whatever yep. happens, whether that be Nintendo goes after them, they fail, they succeed, pocket pair uh, fails, pocket pair succeeds. Or, uh, you know, the, you know, the gaming sentiment finds that wall where they, you know, where we have found it is like, okay, this was fun for like 10, 15 hours. And, you know, there isn't much more for me to do. And it turns sour. There's a lot of different possibilities here. We're still really, you know, really early into the whole thing. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, studios crashing and burning. Um, it's been already pretty brutal for a lot of studios, so we're all familiar with People Can Fly because we talked a lot about Bulletstorm way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but they uh, have laid off a fair amount of people right now. That um, seems to be the thing going around. Yeah. The company for Destroy All Humans uh, made significant cuts to staffing. Um, People Can Fly had another game in development that's just been axed. So that's probably not going to be a thing. Um, The publisher for, or the developer for Ruiner, which is called Raycon Games, if you guys remember that, that came out like five or six years ago, got about 60 people. It wasn't a big studio. Um, Black Force Games laid off about 50 people. Um, they were working on a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Um, let's Damn. see. Toys for Bob and Sledgehammer. Piranha Bytes is actually facing closure, so if you're familiar with the uh, Risen series or Gothic series, um, they haven't really been a big deal for a while. Um, they made that game Elix, which is a pure dumpster fire game. That doesn't surprise me because those games are chinky as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Activision Blizzard laid off 1,900 yep. employees. Well, so, it was between uh, Activision Blizzard and Xbox Game Studios as well. Yeah. Which, that part is huge. Um, Xbox also, well, there was some survival game that was apparently in development by Blizzard that got axed along with that. Mm. Um, who knows? I'm good for Enshrouded right now. Um, they also laid off the entire physical media department. Eh, well, so 
that was uh, the entire physical media department. You know, basically, that just means that we no longer get, you know, discs for games, man. Yeah, which sucks. Um, I really would like to see a digital trading market for your games at some point. I don't, I don't know. think that's ever going to happen because you never own those games. You just license them. That's, I mean, that's the, you know, that was the whole point of, uh, of going digital in the first place is you go to a license model and part of the terms and conditions is you know, you as, as the end user no longer have a physical, you know, you know, a physical copy of the code. You are licensed to use that code, but you'd no longer own the game. And that is, uh, that's just the reality that we live in now. Um, there is yeah, really much. no going back. Yeah, I would anyway. like to get rid of about 800 of my Steam games, to be honest with you. Like, it just... well, there's no way for you to get rid of them. There's, you know, I mean, you can't sell your license to a game because you don't own that license. You just own the right to use that license. Steam Which is, owns the license, and Steam is renting the license to you. It is weird, no. though, because, like, one of the first games I bought on Steam was called Stubbs the Zombie a million years ago, right? I bought this game, like, mm. 20 years ago. And uh, I can still download it, though there's no developer page for that game anymore. Well, I still have... There's the original Prey. I have the original Prey on, you know, on Steam, but there's no uh, page for you, it. You can't get that game from Steam anymore. There is no store page for it, but I can still download it because I still have the license to, you know, to have that game. There is some, you know, there is a, a uh, there is probably going to be eventually a time where I can no longer download that game. You know, and that means that that I own a license to something that's completely dead. And I just miss having first a, time. I mean, I just miss it. I miss having a wall of media, and I'd like things to come back. Like, for instance, right? Never was a fan of records growing up, like physical vinyl, right? And out of the blue, recently, I've been really interested in vinyl. And there's nothing quite like having a display of things that you like. If everything that you enjoy is not physical, right? It's, you know, let's say movies or video games, right? Like it is nice to, it would be nice to have a room in my house that's just all of my physical media. But I don't, the only physical media I have right now are either going to be super classic games, right? Or records or CDs or whatever. But like there's a, a big section of people in our age bracket. Like I think one of the reasons that vinyl is coming back is people want to have physical media. Um, I like, I like having something in my hands that I load into something to look at it or listen to it or whatever, you know, there's also, there's also just the, you know, just the fact that, you know, MP3s being the way they are. Yeah. You can, you still can find lossless, you know, versions like flack and stuff like that. It's of a audio, sample. but it's not the same. It's no, it's not the same because I, I could go on for this for an hour, but a sample, right. Sampled music is not the same as true music. And uh, if you listen to it on anything other than a Bluetooth speaker, which is also shit quality, right? Like, there's no reason to ever have a Bluetooth record player. You're just like, 
oh, I'm going to turn this into digital and I'm going to like sample it at a ridiculously low rate into my speakers. Anyways, like once you get even a decent pair of speakers and you listen to anything that's an MP3 versus physical media, even versus CDs, it's night and day difference. Even a CD at 16-bit, because the sample rate is so much higher than an MP3, is night and day difference. Um, the closest you'll come to a CD is flat quality, which is supposedly lossless, but it's not. And then once oh. you get to a record or even like a really good, I'm just going to say something really crazy, a brand new cassette where it's just magnetically recorded music sounds better than a CD. The is reason it, why? Is this not sampled? The reason, the, the reason for that is not necessarily, if you listen into, uh, to a cassette, most of the time you're going to be uh, uh, listening to it on a analog set of speakers coming directly from the cassette player. You're going to be listening to your, uh, your vinyl for, you know, on a, you know, on speaker wire analog setup, you know, you're lossless, you're flack. Most people are listening to flack on like Bluetooth headsets and, you know, stuff like that. You know, they're not getting the full, you know, they're still getting sampled, right? If you easy way to flack on something, you know, that is, you know, set up to it with an analog speaker system, it does sound better. But the, the, the thing is, is I know your, your argument here is that, you know, having that, having the vinyl in your hand, that's part of it to put that vinyl on the wall, you know, something like that, you know? Right. And it's. It's nice. It it also it, it changes the way you enjoy music too. And yeah, that not you can just be like you can look at your greatest hits up on the you know, up on the shelf and be like, these records, if I if there was a fire in this house, these are the records I would just go grab, you know? Well, it's not even <laughs> just that. It's it forces you into not listening to stuff on playlists that are just randomized, right? You're like, right. I'm gonna listen to this record. That means that I'm going to listen to three songs a side, or if it's a really crazy prog thing, then maybe two or one song per side. <laughs> and I'm going to have to flip it every time that reaches a conclusion. And a record, right, you can see the groove and when the next song starts, but like it's it forces you to just say, I'm going to enjoy this. If I'm going to buy a record, I'm not buying it for three songs. I'm buying it because I like seven or eight songs. But anyways, back to our original argument. The mm, I like having stuff on display to a certain I'm a collector we're all collectors of something right it's just like books on your Kindle versus books in your house right there's something to be said of like having a wall of books versus saying oh I got a thousand books on my Kindle big freaking whoop right like there is something for men especially or guys or gals that are collectors but it's a more of a man thing I think we like to show the list of things that we've went through i guess or have like a pile of accomplishments and you don't get that pile of accomplishments having 30,000 mp3s on your on your uh you know on on your phone right i've lost and, more mp3s you, than i have you don't, ever had you don't put a lot of effort yeah. into absorbing that media if you can get it all for free or streaming just the same thing with like movies right like you take advantage Take for granted that Netflix has like a bazillion titles, right? Versus when you'd go to like Best Buy or, or or Walmart or whatever and grab like three or four DVDs, you're gonna watch all three or four of those DVDs, right? 
you're going to go through and like look through things that you might want to enjoy, and then you're going to put yourself through the process of enjoying it. And the same thing with Steam, right? Like, be a three dollar game. Like, I may not even buy a three dollar game, like at uh, GameStop or whatever, right? But because the game's $3, I'll be like, all right, I'm going to download it real quick and play it. And then like 20 minutes later, I'm like, okay, that was a shit game. Um, like it just, I don't know exactly how to quantify it, but I think you get what I'm getting at. Like it forces you to put more time and investment into a thing if you have a physical piece of media. You become a more right. discerning consumer once you have a physical piece of media. And there is something to say when you do, when you enjoy a lot of media to show the list of media that you've enjoyed, whether it be music or games or movies. And that's like went by the wayside. Also, Blu-rays still look better than any streaming content, even on Vudu. Blu-rays look so fucking crisp. Oh, Blu-ray is... It's yeah. still king, and it's it, been king for like 15 years. Because here's the thing, not... So the only <laughs> video encoding that even gets close to showing... Um, like blue 4K Blu-ray quality is AV1, and there's not any service that's using AV1 yet because AV1's still so new. Right, um, you have to you have to just encode it or rip it from something that you have. Yeah, so unless you're willing to rip all your stuff and encode it with an AV1 capable GPU, which is only the newest ones. Um, you know, I miss too like not having to have all this storage space to hold all of this media because most of the storage space is held on the physical media itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with it being music, this being on the CD versus me downloading it by hard drive, with the game with most of it being on the DVD well, versus the, being on the drive. You know, well, that's like my wife says. Why do we still buy all these movies, etc.? Um physically and i said well one if i want to watch the movie for the quality we can throw in the disc if we're just watching the movie to eat up time or whatever we can stream it right but ultimately the quality is better and two there's no guarantee that any of these streaming services are always going to have these movies available on them no because they're licensed for a certain amount of time right yeah, so um, it's like getting the the box set of Seinfeld because you, know, you want to watch Seinfeld forever versus figuring out who has it licensed. Yeah, so you know, like of course, as long as as long as Disney Corporation is running Disney Plus, all of the Disney properties will always be available on there, right? But. Who says Disney's around in 20 years? <laughs> Disney will always be around. They've been around for like... I for, know, but... What, like 90 years? hyperbolic, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like, well, let's just there's say... There's no that guarantees in the world at all. I, I, I understand that, but I'm... We're, we're looking at... We're looking at this little slice of the pie in time. So okay, so I, like, I know that I have two. I have an entire freaking bookshelf worth of DVDs and physical media games. Still, like the only games I don't have physical media of are my PC games. 
Remember when you can buy PC games on the shelf? Holy shit, that was a long oh, time ago. Dude. Oh, that's been 20 years. Yeah, that's so been, it's when yeah. it's when Half Life. The only reason that I have Steam is because Half Life Two required you to install Steam, and I was like, "This is a fucking waste of time." Well, and it turned into like the biggest money sink of all time. But still, I've had know, a Steam account since two thousand and four. PC games is you know had you know PC games started to normalize it with you know with Steam, and then you know the console market just uh, caught on. Yeah. It's more convenient uh, in some play, uh, some ways, but there's always downsides to you know to these things, especially you know in you know in those situations where you know the game just no longer exists. Those people well, who want to archive their uh, uh, archive their games or be able to go back and be like, hey, you know, this is the game I was playing when I was growing up. Kids these days don't get that option because there is no physical media for that, but we're also looking at a very small slice in time. Like we're looking at the last, you know, you know, five to 10 years, you know, really um, where this started to become normalized. I mean, just in the last 40 years, look at how much has changed. We went from fucking, uh, you know, eight track, to fucking cassette to CD to DVD to Blu-ray to fucking like, you know, you know, <laughs> there was fucking HD DVDs and fucking all kinds of shit that happened in, in the last oh, laser 40 discs. Years. Laser discs, yeah, you, you know, fucking forgot about laser discs, but laser discs happened too. Same thing with fucking, you know, with just audio only. You know, just there's so many di- different things that's happened in the last forty years. You know, uh, technology wise, as far as media is concerned. Now things are going digital, and you have to th- you have to wonder. At this point, we're looking at trying to preserve what we, uh, you know, what what we think of as our owner's rights to what we're buying. Um, but you know, the the bigger picture really is is can we preserve the things that we're buying outright? Like, that's will a good. I be able to play these games? 40 years from now. And I don't know if I do or don't. Like, there's a handful of games that are great that maybe I will, right? Like, I think Witcher 3 is always going to be one. I think the original Fallout 1 and 2 are some that at even 10 years from now I'll probably want to revisit, right? Baldur's Gate 3. But, you know, there might be media. There there will be media that surpasses that at some point, right? Yeah, um, and then I'll forget about what I played before, and it'll just be nostalgia that I'm writing on at that point. Right. You know, it's, who knows what's going to happen in the next, you know, you know, in the next ten to twenty years, as far as media is concerned. You know, so much shit has changed. We're looking at, you know, we're looking at, you know, um, uh, possibly a massive shift in how we compute here in the next, you know, 15, you know, ten to fifteen years. So, I mean. It's, it's, it's a fun time, man. It's, it's, it's challenging to think about, but also, uh, it, it is also quite exciting, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it really is. I don't know, man. I, I, I got, I got just, I got nothing much else to say here. Uh, it sucks to hear that, the you know, that. You know, the, uh, there's, this is the, uh, the time of year where, 
there's a lull. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of big gaming companies make a you know make a lot of different changes and a lot of you know different layoffs. This all came from the fact that you know, Microsoft decided to uh, uh, lay off their uh, entire you know physical media team. But well, I'm hoping that. As things ramp up throughout the you know the rest of the year, this gives you know it gives us you know gives the gaming market a bit more opportunity to grow. Well, um, I was going to say it's always been volatile. That being said, um, there's a couple of games to be looking out for. So, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth just came out yesterday, as well as Tekken Eight. If you're into the Persona stuff, Persona Three Reload, which is a completely re um, redone version of Persona Three, is coming out on the second of February. Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League also comes out on the 2nd of February, and Helldivers 2 comes out February 8th. And on the 13th, right before Valentine's Day, Banisher's Ghost of No Eden, which I'm looking forward to, um, is coming out, which is uh, that weird game where you're like in a, I don't know, you're in like a weird misty area and you have like ghost powers and shit like that. Look at look up, uh, it's by Don't Nod. It's called uh, Banisher's Ghost of New Eden. Okay. Um, that's the one I'm really looking forward to, aside from looking. It, is Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth on Game Pass or no, Jason? Uh, I've not seen anything saying that it will be. I would imagine it will be at some point, but I've not seen anything saying it will be on release. Yeah, it's not. If I look up like a dragon on my phone for the cloud version, it's not pulling up. Um, currently, you can there get the, is not any plan to release it on Game Pass. No, so it's just a Steam uh, only release. According to, according to the games director, is it is it on Epic or is it on Steam? I'm um, freaking seeing it. Uh, I have both open. Yeah, it's on uh, Steam right now. Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth? Yeah. Yeah, it's on Steam. Freaking 70 bucks. That's also another, you know, new development. Uh, welcome to 2024. <laughs> Video games now cost $70. I will probably pick that up. Um, you like those games, uh, I uh, do, but I, I'm I've got too much on my gaming plate right now to play it. I don't, but <laughs> I totally do. I need to finish. Yeah, it looks like uh, it will not be an epic. So Steam only. All right. Well. I think we've uh, chatted everybody's ears off. Um, where can you find us, Jason? Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash TheRealTiltCast. Then search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find friends of the show. You've got, um, for the love of gaming, BMFCast.com and TVGP.TV. They play like a dragon and RPGs. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace.